If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump. Whoa! This one. For the first 20 minutes, we do our typical intro, uh, fun conversation. We talk about laser discs. What? Who remembers that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. For you I kids, scratch mine. For you kids, that was advanced technology back, to, back in the day. And... We talk about my amazing find in the laser disc, disc box. <laughs> I give it His away. His mind though. is all about uh, laser dicks. I already gave Everybody it away. Right there. Gave it away, bro. In yeah. the box that my parents had. Uh, uh, yeah, stay those tuned. robots with them laser dicks. We also stay ha- tuned for the box of dicks. Yeah. We also talk about uh, about how we interview people that we may not fully align with uh, in terms of the messages or information, but because Yeah, dude, how are we going to change this industry? How are we going to change this industry if you don't let us talk to everybody? Let's just talk in this echo chamber if everybody agrees. I agree, I agree, I agree. You too. You agree? I agree. I agree with you. I tell you what, you can learn from almost anybody um, with different things, and we like to bring people on the show who can teach us things or teach our audience things, even if it's only a few things that might that might not be, have to do anything with fitness, or it might have to do with motivation or science or social media or whatever. So we talk about that in this episode. Also, we mention one of our favorite sponsors of all time, Thrive Market. Now, Ooh, Thrive Market, they have all non-GMO and organic products straight to your door, fool. They'll mail it to you, but here's the deal: it's cheaper than you'll find anywhere else. In fact, typically the price is the same or even lower than the conventional counterparts. That's right. Take the Pepsi challenge. In other words, you can buy organic cereal for the price that you would find regular cereal for on Thrive Market. But we also have a massive hookup for our audience. If you go to thrivemarket.com forward slash mind pump, here's what you're going to get. Free shipping on $49 or more. What? You're also going to get $20 off your first three orders of $49 or more. Oh, you bet your ass. And there's more. You'll get one month free membership. So basically- That's what I'm talking about. They're losing money on you. So get on there. Do it. Go go crazy. Plus, every time someone gets a membership that somebody gets, somebody in need gets one for free. That's right. They'll donate to like a low-income family. Which that in itself is worth it. Pretty cool. Time to give right now this year. For good people. Then we get into the questions. The first question was- how do we change our clients from being motivated by external factors to being motivated by internal factors? Notice how I avoided using the word extrinsically. Extrinsically motivated. Tongue twisters. Extrinsic. The next question was, what are, there's a lot of myths around bread. Is it, why is it demonized? Is there a justification behind it? And is there a place for bread in a healthy Diet. Well, there's some healthy bread on Thrive Market. Uh, there. there you go. There Another plug is. there. Yeah. Nice, nice, Adam. That was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Loaf. Then somebody asks us if there's any strategies to help combat SAD. SAD is the acronym of Seasonal Affective Disorder. Whoever invented that acronym was a brilliant. I had this. Stupid, I didn't even know angry it. Dicks. Brilliant. Exactly. The final question Is there anything that this person can do to prevent their metabolism from slowing down? when they're training for their 25K race. Can they counter it by doing Metcons and CrossFit high-intensity type what stupid does training? mean? Or do they need to lift heavy? Find out in this episode. Is CrossFit fucking you? <laughs> Usually, uh, yes. Also, uh, we're coming up on the holiday season. We got Turkey Day coming up. We got Christmas coming up. We got New Year's coming up. Uh, great times for connecting to family. Great times for enjoying yourself. Really bad for your belly. 
not good at all. A lot mm. of us get fat. Unless you're jolly. Uh, if, unless you're Santa Claus, in which yeah. if you lost weight, that would be bad. But yeah. nonetheless- Rosy cheeks and fat. This is a great time of year to get started on your New Year's resolution early. So here's what we got for you. We have something called the MAPS Super Bundle. So for those of you who've been uh, listening to, for, to our show for a long time, you know we have, we have individual MAPS programs, and they're all designed for specific goals and, and adaptations. Well, what the Super Bundle does is it takes them all- puts them together and discounts them, something like 25 or 30% off. But it also puts them in order so that you can go from one to the other to the other. It takes you through an entire year of exercise programming. Your whole year will be planned out for you. All your workouts, your exercises, how to do them, demos. There's video demos on there, us explaining how to do them with all the intricacies Turn and details. your brain on autopilot. We're driving. That only personal trainers like us can deliver. It's extremely valuable. It's much less than you would get anywhere else for something of this type of value. You can find the MAPS Super Bundle only one place. There's only one place to get it. Mindpumpmedia.com. Mind Wait, what is that? That's uh, Eddie Murphy, right? Eddie Murphy does a little skit on it, doesn't he? Yeah, that's on Raw. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. one of the best ever, man. Eddie Murphy was different great. times. Different Eddie Murphy. Times. Then he had kids and got weak. Eddie Murphy Delirious and Eddie Murphy <laughs> Raw was some of the best. Richard stand. Pryor was better. Well, Get back I mean, to the leather outfits. I still disagree. I think Richard. You like you like well, Murphy better than well, Pryor. Eddie, Eddie Murphy Pryor learned, was a god. Oh, he Pryor learned from Richard Pryor. Yeah. So he learned. So if you know, this is kind of like. Um, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Michael Jordan is the one who changed the game. Richard Pryor changed the game. But I think that LeBron James, I think that Eddie Murphy, like, perfected the game. Like, I think that in their prime, Eddie Murphy, if they were heads up same day going out on comedy tour, Eddie Murphy's going to win, man. Came so, out, he came out in a patent leather fucking purple I mean, and, he was- and red Fucking full body he was suit a character. Dude. Oh, he was a character. Yeah. He was good, dude. It was good. He was great. I watched. And he I was watched in his tw- early twenties, dude. Uh, so I watched Raw on Laserdisc. Do you guys remember Laserdisc? <laughs> I do. Yeah. That's not DVD. No, no, no. It's a big. Yeah. So it was one of those things. You know, my my girlfriend in uh, high school, her dad had it. And I forget what it was, it was called. What was something. the deal with it, Laserdisc? Why did it even exist? So it was. This was before was CDs. After VHS, it was right? what? It was before CDs. It was like the most advanced technology. Yeah, but that's mm. that was the direction that we were, they were going. It was just too massive, and they didn't yeah. take off. Yeah. No, I. Uh, that's where they fucked up. So when we, when I was a kid, I was nine. We moved into the house that my parents are in now, and for whatever reason, they left their Laserdisc pl- Laserdisc player and a boxes of movies. And it was in the closet, and I'd pull these things out, and I'd put them in, and I'd watch them. And it was pretty cool. There was a lot of cool movies on there. Uh, and then I found a Playboy Laserdisc. What? Really? I did. No. Yes, I did. Amazing. And my parents didn't know it was there because they had not gone through how all old, the movies in the box. How old are you right now? <laughs> By this time, I'm probably- Was this connected to a projector? I'm probably- or is it like no, an no, no. eighth grade or something? Just connected to the TV. You're probably uh, about eighth grade, I guess. No, I, I'm like 12 at this point. Yeah, and it was- uh, seventh, seventh, eighth grade. It was life-changing. I bet. It was a life-changing experience on Laserdisc. I'll never <laughs> forget- Laser disc, give me the laser disc. Laser <laughs> boner. But it was uh yeah, it was a it was a life changing experience. Man, how about those fucking UFC fights? Wow. Did you watch Sal? I did. I was with uh yeah, remember awesome. we went we to went Jay. Down, we went down to Jay. Yeah. Okay, that's that right. was the best UFC card Dude. hands down that I've seen in years, arguably one of the best ever. People getting yeah. dethroned left and right. Three. Yeah. Three title exchanges on Amazing. the same card. I don't know if that's ever happened. 
That might have been a first time. I don't. I, I yeah, have to three. We might have to Google that. Yeah. I, that was the first time I'd ever seen. Three. That's why MMA is one of those sports that I feel like you should always. If you're going to bet money, bet on the underdog. I did not. It's like that happens so much. Yeah, but sometimes the underdog's not like. For example, you wanted me to place a bet against St. Pierre, which I'm sure you're glad I didn't do that. But it wasn't really a a good bet. It was almost even, so it was one fifteen to one. So, so those odds are like whatever. Um, Didn't you put money on Rose? I did. It was five to one. That's that to me. So I called. That's totally worth it. I called the two. Those two. I did think that Cody was going to win. Now I think Cody is a better fighter nine times out of ten. But TJ, you and he was he was kind of winning. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That those first couple or the first like was it the first two rounds or the first round specifically where he knocked him down in in the first round. Yeah, Cody. Oh, I thought he was it was lights out, and then all of a sudden he came back, man. It's those two, the both uh, GSP and then the TJ fight was such a testament that it's crazy happened on the same card of the will to win, like. GSP was gassed. That goes five rounds. He's losing that. Mm. Cody nine times out of ten beats TJ, but the the will to win right there. And that's going to be a rematch. God. Oh, yeah. he was getting all cocky and everything. I was like, uh oh, you oh. know. Like I, I always get nervous when when guys start getting all flamboyant like that, you know. And you like them. <laughs> and I was like, don't fucking do that, man. I mean, I you saw, still got gas in the tank. When TJ peeled off his shirt, that was the best conditioning I'd ever seen him in in any fight. And oh, I watched he had some hatred in his soul. I watched the Ultimate Fight series when they both were coaches and they I mean many times almost went you know fighting each other and so much that how real that is a lot of it's not a lot of it's staged but then there are and and I remember I can't remember if it was something I read or where I, I watched this somewhere you know and Dana talks about this sometimes the guys they they uh they encourage them to have this beef and then sometimes guys really don't like each other mm-hmm. and that was like an example of like two guys that really don't yeah, like they just you. don't like each other yeah there's yeah. a lot of beef because Eat of the whole off. camp thing right cuz TJ was part of the same camp that uh Cody came from which is mm-hmm. the um uh why can't I think of his name right now Sacramento area guys uh, yeah, oh Faber yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Uriah. Uriah right so that was that was what that was all about was there was be- real beef Team between alpha them. male yes yeah. and man they mm-hmm. uh, you could just see the emotion in him after he won wonder where that, that term was an came, epic fight wonder where that term came from from beef beef, beef? yeah like you got beef mm-hmm. we got beef what I don't get it if you and I had beef yeah. I feel like we'd be I friends mean, we'd be satisfied yeah we wouldn't be yeah. mad at each other yeah if you came to me and you're like Sal, like, oh sweet beef, I think we got beef, grill. bro. And I'd yeah. be like, well, thanks. I'm like, I got charcoal. Let's I like do beef this. a yeah. lot. Yeah. You know what makes me a little upset? Still, I, I hate to admit. Mm. As long as we've been doing this, uh, and all the you know the, the the amount of people we've reached now and whatever, and I need to work on this because it's only going to get worse. It still bothers me when I get like a negative, you know, a fan says something negative. You know Ooh, what I mean? Drops, uh, yeah. It's because it's it splashes a little bit further than you know the positive ones. It just makes me it still get a little upset. And part of the reason why I get upset, I think, is because I uh, I feel like we're always trying to deliver Give. better. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's almost like it's almost like your mom spent you know four hours making this dinner and just you know just really like oh I'm gonna make your best your favorite meal and then you go and you're like eh, I'm not yeah really you made it with love yeah. and. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it took you like yeah. forever to make it all day from scratch, Ugh. and then somebody comes in. I don't like the flavor. It's so Me. dumb. You know what it is? It's because so what we're trying to do more recently now, and it's not like this is not like our goal. Uh, this isn't the goal of Mind Pump. It's just part of of what we're trying to do is we're trying to help uh, fitness professionals 
learn how to build their business in the modern world, which involves, whether you like it or not, the digital, social media, YouTube, podcast Listen, world. you're going to sugarcoat this, and I'm just going to come out and tell <laughs> this person to fuck off, because here's the deal. <laughs> I, 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 I read what you read that I know that spun you the wrong way, and here's how I feel about this bullshit. Listen, if we're going to change this fucking fitness industry, we're going to have to talk to people that do not align with our values. Yeah. And I know the guy was saying that, you know, oh, how could you guys put these people on the show and then not roast them? Well, if we put people on the show that don't align with our values and then we roast them on the show, you don't think that's going to get around to everybody else and then nobody else is going to want on the show? Yeah, a better man. approach at that would be to invite them on the show, talk about what they are good at, what they are successful, befriend them, yeah. get to know them, and then well, that- influence their audience by helping people the right way that's just it though that's just it like one thing that i learned a long time ago this was a variable very valuable lesson for me and if you're a growth-minded individual if you want to succeed in business or life or your in personal uh areas one of the things that i learned a long time ago that really benefited me was i can learn from almost anybody anybody. yeah even people like because here this was a problem for me in the past in the past if somebody let's say somebody came to me and they did very, very well with, uh, I don't know, with marketing. Let's say they were marketing genius, but you know they had a messed up family life. They were super out of shape and you know whatever. I, I wouldn't take their advice because I didn't like the, the whole. I'd look at them and be like, well, I'm not going to listen to you because you're, you know, you're an idiot in all these other areas. And what would happen is I wouldn't gain the, the knowledge from them in something that they are good at because most people are not good at everything. Most people, if they are good at something, it's one or two things, and that's it. Right. So if what we're what we're it's doing, a blind spot these people have. That's it. Like here's the deal. Like I'm pretty good at information. I'm not yeah. very good at social media. So if someone has me on their show and they want to talk to me about stuff, they're probably going to ask me the questions about the things I'm good at. And so if we bring social media celebrities, YouTube celebrities, whatever, on the show. We're probably not going to talk fitness about them because we're yeah. pretty good with fitness. We're going to talk fitness with the scientists and the yeah, the trainers, Chris, the Chris Cressers, the Rob Wolfs, the yeah. Paul Checks. We're going to dive into science and programming and fitness and nutrition. If we have some twenty-year-old on here that's a, a, a celebrity on YouTube, we're not going to sit there and roast them about all the things that they don't know yet. No, we want to know like they obviously did something right with a digital media platform. Yeah, there's something to learn there. That's and I, it, and I think that. Yeah, we we have been on this kick of like trying to educate, educate, educate our audience, but even just our own humbleness of of realizing that we we only have so far, our reach only goes so far. How can we get you know more embedded into uh, you know a larger scale? And to do that, you're going to run into characters all over the board: YouTube, you know, podcasting, you know, whatever the media source is. They've obviously done something super successful That's that we it. need to learn. There's Listen, things that we, we, lear- we are not going to win this war by blindly running into people and just stabbing people with knives yeah. and spears. Ah, we are fuck not you. No, we have to <laughs> yeah. Trojan horse the motherfuckers, yes. dude. That's Thank what's going to have to happen. Yeah. We yeah. cannot just come out and just talk shit about yeah. everybody. It's just not going to work. And we're they're going to ignore all the information that you know we're valuable for initially until later on, you know. What we're hoping is that they go through our stuff and like see, oh, look at the value that they have that they're bringing in. But you know, initially, it's 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 going to be pretty surface. Well, look. Besides all that, uh, years ago, if you've been listening to our show for a long time, you know that uh, Shreds was a company that we 
really didn't like. They really represented what we right. didn't like. I'll, I'll have fucking Joey Swole on here if he comes. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I would. I would have Joey Swole on here if he would come on. Well, the, I, we've. I've already asked him. What did, yeah. we, we've talked about this before. What did they do very well? They were Marketing. able. They were able to get whatever their message was out very effectively, and they didn't do it on accident. They were actually quite strategic and intelligent by the way they did it through Instagram. Now, if you're a personal trainer, you're a fitness, you want to be a fitness influencer or you want to build your fitness business like a lot of our listeners do, because again, we have a lot of trainers and gym owners that listen to our show, you can learn something from that. You can learn from what they did that helped them spread their, whatever their message was, take that, learn from it, and then spread the, spread the right message. And so our goal is to get our people, you, the listener, the tools necessary to spread the right information in fitness and through that, we will be able to move this massive ship we call the fitness industry well, to move in the we right have direction. To be mainstream. That's it. And, and to get to mainstream, you got to talk to people that are mainstream, and they're not always the brightest bulbs. Yeah. Well, you know, I, Sal, you <laughs> Let's have be honest. you are you're a better man than I am because you actually spend the time to pick the brick up and actually have the conversation with these people. I would just simply ignore it because if you come in here, you don't know, you have no idea. Like to to put your two cents in on some bullshit like that, not knowing what's going on behind the scenes. Like it's such small minded thinking. If we were to sit on this podcast and only interview the Chris Cressers, the Rob Wolfs, then simply only the people like yourselves that are searching for good information that find mind pump and then hear it are going to hear it. If we're going to break through to the kids that are between 20 and 25 years old, we've got to find the people that these people are listening yeah, to. They're looking up to and it other doesn't, people. And because they come on our show and I'll tell you right now, this is not the first of many people that will come on this show that we do not see eye to eye with. And you should have known that from back when, when we had Lane Norton back on the show. There's lots of things that we don't agree with with Lane, and yet we still respect him as a person, respect him as a man, as a friend. And, that, and that's a good point. Like if, if we bring, we're, we're, if we don't respect the person, then we probably won't bring them on. If there's something that they do that we think that there's something interesting there that we can learn from or our audience can learn from, even if we disagree on the other things, then we'll probably have them on the show. And that's just the bottom line. And yes, will we call people out live on the show? I'll tell you something right now. If I'm doing an, an episode with someone and someone says something and they're clearly being wrong, an asshole, wrong, or they're leading people the wrong direction, of course I will. I can't, I can't keep my mouth shut. That's just my yeah. personality anyway. It'd be impossible for me to do so. So... Just, just a little shout out to people who are, you know. Yeah, but there's even the that. There's all even with that. There are certain things that, like, so I think there was. I know uh, we put uh, Amanda Bucci's video on the YouTube, and you know she's like, and my, mind you too, this is not like edited. This is just she gets behind the desk and she shares what's inside of her bag, and she's talking about her her um, squat shoes. And she used like uh, she uses it to help her stabilize. I don't even remember what she said, but she likes squat shoes, right? It was it was it wasn't like a scientifically accurate to exactly what what or how you would use shoes. And for, I'm not going to come in and correct her because she's she says that that way. That's so silly. Well, that's like, also a, a that's a very common belief around squat shoes. In fact, I'm going to call us out on it. When we first start discovered squat shoes, we talked about them. Not exactly the same way, but in a similar way. We're like, wow, they're great. I can squat lower. But then, of course, we dive deeper. We met people like Dr. Brink, who educated us on things like ankle mobility and our feet. And now we're against them unless you compete uh, with squat shoes or unless you're just trying to hit a PR. Same thing with weight belts and wrist straps and stuff like that. So 
It's the whole purist mentality. I'm not against anything. I think they're all tools and they can all be used in different ways. And I think that I'm over 15 years in this industry and still learning things. Mm -hmm. So I'm most certainly not going to punk some 20-year-old young kid that I think is on the right path with a good message that's learning because I know what I was out there saying back when, when yes, I didn't. they are learning. Right. They're learning, dude. Why, why would we, like, dude, punch them as they're you learning? Know, and you know, I'll tell you what, speaking of Amanda Bucci, uh, you know, when you meet her in person, a very charismatic, genuine individual, that's the impression 100% that we got. Oh, yeah. She's also working with people who are big players like uh, Lewis Howes. That's somebody she's working very closely with. And pay attention to how she grows her business. She's a very intelligent mm-hmm. uh, individual when it comes to building your business through digital media. So if you're somebody that uh, is trying to grow your business, that's some, that's a direction you want to look. And there's something to learn from that, for right, sure. Right. Bring it. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First up is Grant Killian 5. How do you change clients from being extrinsically motivated to intrinsically motivated with respect to diet and exercise? Oh, that's a good question. So what is the difference between being extrinsically, extrinsically. say that say that three times fast, yeah. motivated versus being intrinsically man, motivated? Extrinsically, this, extrinsically, this extrinsically. is a great, this is a hard one. If man. you can do this as a trainer, yeah. you've succeeded. This right here, this one thing right here, is everything. It's the old parable to teach the man to, to fish. God, can we be honest, though? I mean, ugh. It's difficult. How, how many people really have this ability, right? Because most... Okay, let's let's break it down this so way. It's a long process. Well, yeah, let's be honest. well, first of all, most people fall short of ever even reaching their extrinsically... or ext, ex, Say it for me, dude. Extrinsically. extrinsically? Yeah. Did you say it right? I yeah. think I did. <laughs> yeah, Sounded good. I'm going to murder it every time yeah. I try and say it. Like, just say extra. In other words, focusing on your outward appearance. appearance right? Or just being motivated by out, outside. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah. that's what you're, you're focusing on because you're motivated by that because of our insecurities. I'm not big enough. I'm too fat. I'm not lean enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not tall enough. These are all a- a- external, right? These are all the things which we have for many years now have been marketing to to motivate you to get inside the gym or buy things from us. It's an easy thing to hit. It is. Yeah. External factors are always that that's what it, like immediately will draw people in. It's also but it's also not just aesthetics. It could also just be I need uh, a marathon to be motivated to exercise or I need Well, it's I say a I, I want to jump higher. I want to be taller. These yeah. are all these are all outward things that mm-hmm. you are focused on and where I was going with that is that that is, I, I would have to say that's 99% of when somebody would walk into a gym and consider hiring me, they all have this. Mm-hmm. Very few people would walk in and say, you know, Adam, I need you to help me get more connected internally to myself and learn the signs that my body's trying. Nobody yeah. said that. Learn nobody. from my body. Teach me to learn from my body. Right. Nobody, oh my God, that'd be a dream. nobody <laughs> says that, right? Everybody yeah. has got a goal that is, that is more than likely driven from an insecurity, which this is not me knocking on that. I'm very much so was that person for many, many years. So this is a this is really, really tough. And, and it makes it more tough when somebody has that as a goal and then they never reach it. I find that it's kind of like the 
we we talked in an earlier podcast episode where you know I remember being a young kid who was driven financially for a really long time. I just wanted to make money. I wanted to be successful, and then I got to a certain point and I kind of reached that and realized, wow, I'm not any more happier than I thought. But it was such an important part of my life to get to that goal to realize that there's more to this than this this outward shit this money there's stuff that inside of me I need to be I need to be truly happy and in love with who I am where I am currently now and the process that's the same thing with this you think and and so I personally believe that getting after or reaching those those external goals first really helps to then focus on the intrinsic ones because mm. otherwise it's really tough to break through that a lot of people need to see that for themselves that look at you're ripped, but you still feel insecure about yourself. Look, you reached your bicep goal, but you're still insecure. With it. Look, you did what you were trying to accomplish. Yeah, it's reps till you reach your subconscious, and, and like uh, the more like frequent you can uh, apply these, um, you know, uh, rituals and different ways of, of of you know training your body to respond. Um, once it becomes automatic, that's when it's like, oh, okay, I, I honestly, I can see now how it's affecting my body and you can kind of navigate and, f- and figure out like, wow, this is going to benefit me more intrinsically. And that's, that's how, uh, w- once you get to that intrinsic place, man, everything changes. Mm. It's so crazy. Like you, 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 you find out how much better your body does, like, and how much more strength you get. And, uh, you, once you benefit your body and how you feel and your health and everything, everything benefits from it. Yeah, being being motivated from the outside has got a few problems. Uh, one of them is what happens when you reach that goal. And usually it's not what you think. Like Adam was saying, like, you know, I want to lose 30 pounds so I can be happy finally. And I've seen this many times. I've taken clients to this point many, many times. They'll lose the 30 pounds and initially they are happy. Initially that's it's what they want. Uh, after a short period of time, they start to get back into their old patterns because it wasn't what they thought it was. People experience this with plastic surgery. If I only got this, if I get this breast augmentation, I'm going to feel great. Or if I get this surgery on my nose, I'm going to feel great. People experience this with winning the lottery. There's some great studies on people who win the lottery where they go in, they win the lottery, they win $10 million, their happiness spikes for about a year or two, and then it goes right back down to where they were before, even though they have more money. So uh, it's important to note that it can definitely get you somewhere, but it isn't going to keep you anywhere for the most part. It's a very difficult thing to process for a lot of people. I think what Adam said is very important. It's true. Getting there sometimes is better uh, because then then you can get, it's easier to teach. Yeah. But here's, here's really the thing, two things I want to cover here. First, motivation is overrated. Motivation is a state of mind Mm -hmm. and a state of being that is temporary. Just like happiness, just like sadness or anger or anything else, you feel very motivated. It isn't hard to do something. It's when that goes away. Now what? Like, what do I do now that the motivation is Well, that's is when gone? the real change actually happens. Is, yeah. Yeah. Once you get through that phase of, because, yeah, motivation can only carry you so far. Right. So a couple, a couple techniques. One is make your exercise or your nutrition or whatever a part of your personal culture. So what I mean by that is if you wait every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, you wake up, you know, an hour early and go for a walk and do exercises, do it long enough and make yourself do it long enough to where it becomes a part of your culture. This is just what I do. Now for people who think that sounds silly, we do this with a lot of things. 
You know, I wake up every morning and I have coffee every morning. It's part of my morning culture. Or before I go to bed every night, I like to read, you know, an article in this particular magazine. Or, you know, I brush my teeth at the exact same time every single day. It's really no different than any of that stuff. If you do something long enough, it does become a part of your culture. The second thing is for it to become intrinsic for you, it needs to be driven by the purpose and by the process, not by the goal. So in other words, I exercise because I truly value and enjoy that time. It has nothing to do with the goal of getting stronger or burning body fat or changing my body. That's secondary. That's a secondary thing. But exercise for me is something that I enjoy so much and such an important part of my life because I really respect it and I enjoy it so much that I don't miss the workouts. And my goals can change. My goals can change all the time. They can change from wanting to build muscle and strength to wanting to get leaner to alleviating stress. There have been times in my life where it would be impossible for me to progress with my exercise. Very difficult times in my life, like when I went through my divorce or when you know, my family member had, you know, got diagnosed with terminal cancer. Both those times, I was not working out and dieting or eating a particular way to change my body. Yeah. I was doing it because it made me feel better. It was my time. It was my 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 place of solace. It was my hour of meditation, if you will. Yeah, and I think too it goes back a lot to when you talk about working towards loving yourself as, you know, the motivator as opposed to like what we talked about in the beginning, you know, like all uh, the insecurities really driving you to uh, work on these things about yourself. It's like it, it's such a different mindset um, going into a workout or exercising when you're doing it to benefit your body versus like, I need to get rid of something or I suck at this or um, it, it's just a different motivating thing that, that brings it into more of an intrinsic focus. What is, I, go ahead. I, this is this is a really tough one, and but it's a fucking great question because going back to the analogy that I used with uh, the drive for money, because it's very similar my whole life, I was taught that money is the root of all evilness. I was taught that mm-hmm. love is everything. Money doesn't mean anything. And yet, I was still extremely driven to get it. So I could sit here all day and tell you that, you know, focusing on external things like the way you look, how tall you are, jumping, about all your insecurities, that, oh, just stop thinking about it. And But it doesn't matter. Everyone's going to deaf ear that and continue because because inside of them, they they truly believe that. So for me, I think part of this process, it's extremely important to actually drive towards this external goal at first. And then as a, as a professional, if I'm doing a good job, I'm, and Sal, does a, Sal gave an analogy one time with his son when he would, would wrestle in a, a jiu-jitsu match and win or lose, and the lessons that he would give, them, give him afterwards. He wouldn't talk about winning or losing, so it's not about getting the goal or not getting the goal. He would talk about the process and what he learned from that, and that is what you try and do as a coach to somebody who's heading towards these goals. So I think having the external goal is totally okay, but along the process, I'm teaching people like when they when they put the work ethic in, what they got from that and what how they feel inside and connecting those dots with how they feel and what the work that they're putting in, that starts to help to, to connect that message to it's not really about the 20 right. pounds. You're stringing it all together for them to understand. Along the way. Along the way. Right. Yeah, and then, and at, the feedback. And then when they get there, then we, can, then we can discuss all the things that we learned during this process mm-hmm. and what was really going on behind the scenes psychologically, mm-hmm. emotionally, internally 
that will help them connect that. Right, because a lot of people are disconnected that, like, that's their mentality towards, you know, this workout in particular. Like, right. Oh, oh, I'm trying to fucking get rid of this f- stupid fat. And, oh. you know, and they, they don't even realize they're caught up in that. I don't care how many people could t- told me that money is not the answer. It doesn't matter. Because if you didn't have it and it was so important to you growing up, it, I don't give a shit who told me otherwise until I did it myself. And then now I had I didn't have a coach to coach me through this process. So it is a little bit different. Now, if you're a trainer and you have a client that's struggling with this, it's okay to lead them towards that goal, but coach them along the way. Because mm-hmm. another thing you have to understand that if I come, if you, which most people are going to come to the gym with these external goals and you tell them like, oh, we shouldn't focus on any <laughs> external stuff. You're not going to have any business. Not, yeah. Yeah. Nobody's Nobody, coming in. Nobody's yeah. going to hire you. No I one's going to hire you. So you got to kind of give them what they want. But then along the way, you're kind of educating them on the real important things. Like, hey, how's your sleep going? You yeah. notice your sex drive right now? Look at that. When you actually string these days in a row of exercise, eating well, turning your electronics off, pay attention to how you're feeling. You know what I'm saying? And so you start connecting those dots. Along the way, you're going after this external goal, but you're getting them more connected internally while you do it. I find this is a much... Uh, better way of approaching this than trying to convince somebody. It's good coaching. It's just good coaching and reps. That's what it's going to take. And lastly, when you're, you know, when you're in the state of mind and you're, you know, you're, you're motivated through these external factors and you want to try and move yourself or you want to move a client to these intrinsic uh, motivations, you know, have some compassion for yourself. Now, this doesn't mean you feel bad for yourself. What I mean by that is I think a lot of times we treat exercise and nutrition as either a punishment or a reward. And it's really no different than when you have kids and you use food as a punishment or a reward. And it's creating these bad relationships with both of them, these bad associations with both of, both of them. You know, if I go to the gym and I'm thinking to myself, I hate myself, I'm going to exercise a particular way. I'm probably going to work out harder, more frequently than I need to, or that might be too hard. I'm going to pick exercises and things that are going to give me more pain because that's what you do when you punish someone is you give them pain. I'm not going to listen to myself as effectively as I normally would because who's going to listen to somebody that's an idiot or somebody that's, I hate this person because they ate this food yesterday they shouldn't have or because they missed three workouts. Have a little bit of compassion with, your, with yourself and then take care of yourself. And I mean that in the, in, the, in the best sense. That doesn't mean, you know, I'm going to go eat whatever I want and just sit at home and watch TV all day because that also isn't taking care of yourself. You know, think of it in, in that sense. Like if you take care of your child, you know, giving your kid whatever they want to eat, having them sit around, never move, uh, never giving them discipline, isn't taking care of them either. It's also doing them damage. And the same thing goes for yourself. So have a little bit of compassion. Think, I need to take care of me. What is taking care of me? And then watch how that directs you and how that turns into that more intrinsic motivation. Hey, you want to find out what uh, beef came from? What? So beef is the meaning to complain. That's what beef means. It means to complain. It's a coinage of the mid-19th century. This quote comes from an anonymous burglar memoir published in New York in 1865. How weird. Right? And it became part of the lexicon. Beef. <laughs> you, got, you got chicken? So it's for dinner. Next question is from Harriet Edwards 410. Are there a lot of myths about bread? Why is it demonized? Is there a place for bread in a healthy diet? Mm. Wow. Yeah, there is a lot of myths, but... You were saying you don't miss it, huh? I don't, man. I, I tell you what, here's the thing with me. I had I used to have bread at least two to three times a day. I would have it every morning for breakfast. 
Like uh, toast it, or what? Well, in the form of toast, bagel, uh, breakfast sandwich, uh, Eggo waffles, something along those lines, right? So this was a uh, a staple. And then at lunch, was I had every day would have Quiznos, Togo's, Subway mm-hmm. uh, type of a sandwich. Um, and then dinner, I would have some sort of a bread, mus- muffin, whatever, something going on with dinner. So I ate bread religiously for a very, very long time. And, and I absolutely still this day loved it. But uh, when I started kind of diving into all these uh, things that were could potentially be causing my flare-ups like autoimmune i have psoriasis um bread was one of the first things that i thought to try and eliminate and to see uh how i would feel and the you thing- notice the difference huh? well a couple things that i noticed uh for some weird reason the bread always when i was eating a lot of bread i had a lot of ups and downs with my energy level like i wasn't consistently uh, uh didn't feel consistent with my energy i felt i felt good afterwards and then there'd be like i'd feel lethargic um, maybe an hour or two after the fact, I would have a meal. I want to take a nap, right after a big sandwich or something. Uh, so I noticed that, and then I also noticed too, I was retaining and holding a lot of water. Now there, there's a lot of variables that come in there because obviously, if you're eating bread three times a day, that's a lot of carbohydrates. For every three grams of carbs, you're holding three ounces of water. So obviously, somebody, which is also why when we go ketogenic diet, a lot of people lose a ton of weight at first, is because not just because. It's good to not have that all that shit in there, but it's also because your body's not holding as much water. So that, I noticed that, uh, my stool, stomach, things like that. And then I eliminated it maybe for like a week or two. It was like a challenge. And then I never missed it. And then I just use alternatives. Like I love like the, the cauliflower uh, pizza bread. Like that makes me feel like I'm getting that type of a texture. And I use uh, cauliflower. We do make, use like a, a mash. And I use a lot of different things that replace it and it doesn't bother me now that being said occasionally i'll I'll allow bread in there and i find that in moderation i don't seem to have those issues now if i were to go back the way i was eating before it'll only take a couple days before Mm -hmm. i start to see shit happen it's interesting i mean i i'm not a huge bread person either uh but i have like in the past eaten a ton of bread and that was something that was always like in the diet especially for lunch having sandwiches stuff like that but i don't really do that anymore uh, I do, however, have uh sourdough bread every now and then, and that like for me, it, it's it's nothing that um really affects me too much as far as like my gut is. You know concerned. why? Yeah, it's the Sour, is it, sourdough it's a probiotic. Isn't it, right? Well, no, sourdough naturally is very low in gluten. Gluten, yeah, because of the way it's made. Real sourdough. Sometimes you'll get the fake. Exactly, sourdough it has shit. to be the real sourdough. Real doesn't, sourdough doesn't Thrive Market have this? Uh, don't have, they have? Do they have the sourdough? If they do, I'm ordering. Well, it. I so I I go gluten free typically. I'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, but I go gluten free. The do they uh, carry it? I don't even know if they carry it. I thought the, they. So did. they have this uh, Pamela's gluten free bread mix. Okay, have you guys they, ever seen Pamela's? I like mm-hmm. Whole Foods. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty common, and I like it. You can make really good bread with it at home, homemade bread, and um, it's totally gluten free. I'm gonna look up the ingredients right now. Yeah, see, it's like sour gum, tapioca flour, sweet rice flour, brown rice flour. You know, inulin, white rice flour, millet, honey, molasses, rice bran. So mm-hmm. it's um it's pretty good stuff. I'll take that and I'll make homemade bread for myself. That sometimes I'll I'll toast and I'll use it. Uh, you know, I'll put butter on it because I like it's like a conduit for butter. Is it hard? Is it hard to make? I mean, do you need like a bread maker to do it, or is it just like throw it in the oven? Nope, and... not hard at all. Oh, yeah, really? You can make it in the oven. 
So, uh, and it got a good price too. It's a, a 19 ounce bag is uh, 4.25, I believe. Which oh, is like, Doug just wow, pulled it. That's cheap. Doug oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. 4.25. What's, what's the chibi gluten free original cheese bread mix? There's what? a lot of. There's cheese a lot bread. of. You that, know what's cool about that? Reminds this? me of uh, man. You remember Red Lobsters? Bread. You remember Red Lobster? The little cheese. Do they still do those there? I haven't had Red Lobster in years. I never ate a Red Lobster, dude. Did I ever tell you guys that? I'm a sizzler. In junior college, when we were all broke kids. We used to go and okay, so I know somebody on the forum will say something about this when they hear it. So if you've had this red lob, the red lobster, you know, cheese bread that they have is to die for and they bring you out this little basket. And so there was four of us buddies that were all broke going to college and we would uh, one guy would order lunch, you know, and he would normally order some whatever popcorn shrimp sampler bullshit or whatever. And then the other would eat the bread. Would eat the bread. Would eat the bread. <laughs> Game the system. And we would just sit around. We and did just, that. This place called uh, Mama Mia's. They had like oh the best bread, and you you dipped it in this like kind of cream cheese like mixed uh, sauce thing. Oh my god, it was so good. Terrible. Yeah. So here's the thing with with uh, bread and wheat in particular and flour made from wheat. A few different things. First, wheat. It, uh, it looks almost nothing. Like ancient, like the ancient wheat that we used uh, and ground with stone mm. to make bread uh, way back in the day. Wheat now is looks very, very different. We've bred it, uh, no pun intended, to be much thicker, much more durable, to have much more energy, uh, you know, more calories, aka more calories per you know, uh, stock or whatever you want to call them. They look very different. In fact, if you go online and look up what it, you know, ancient wheat versus, you know, modern wheat, you can see that they look very different. So there's that, number one. I've heard, um, so do you know much about like heirloom pasta and uh, like- No. Okay, so what I, I heard this, I don't know if it was on Joe Rogan's show or not, but they were talking about like, you know how they, they have heirloom tomatoes and and like the difference being in in italy like when i remember you talking about when going over there you didn't have as much of an impact eating certain kinds of pastas or breads uh and and so the way that they grow it i guess it's not it doesn't have the the density of gluten that it does out here well you're right so american wheat uh, is much higher in gluten than the than the wheat that they'll use in many european countries because uh, more gluten means that it uh, it's stronger. You can make soft bread with it, which Americans love that really soft bread. Whereas in Europe, they tend to have the harder, you know, the harder stuff. So the wheat here has got is much higher in gluten. So a lot of people will notice that here they'll be intolerant to bread and pasta. Then they'll go to Italy. This is like half my family. They'll go to Italy and be like, I can have the bread and the pasta here. Here's the thing with it. It's it's definitely been, uh, you know, over the years changed. So it looks very different. It's much higher in gluten than it used to. It's also many times in American markets sprayed heavily with herbicides. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why are they spraying wheat with an herbicide if it kills the wheat? Well, they use it as a desiccant to make it dry and, and be ready faster. And because glyphosates, like Roundup, are perfectly legal to spray on food, they can do this like crazy. So you're also getting, typically, unless you're having organic wheat, a nice dose of glyphosates. Now, glyphosates themselves cause some serious problems. Glyphosates uh, have a very bad um, interaction with your gut microbiome. They do damage the junctions that uh, connect your gut cells. So they can cause gut cell permeability or gut permeability. So they lead to leaky gut. And gluten itself is just one of those things that the immune system 
will recognize faster as a foreign invader. So if you have any gut inflammation, which is most of you listening, and you eat something, a lot of something, like we do with gluten, because it's in everything, bread and wheat and flours and almost every processed product there is out there, you have an inflamed gut, you're exposing yourself to gluten, which your body is likely to, to recognize as a foreign invader. Now it's leaking through your gut in areas where it's not supposed to because of the inflammation. You're recognizing this as a foreign invader. You develop uh, antibodies to it, and now you get an autoimmune reaction to gluten where you notice, I used to eat bread and have no problem. Now I eat bread and I get real bloated and I feel real lethargic or I get skin skin problems, by the way, Adam, is a very common issue that people will get with gluten uh, sensitivities from leaky gut. Super, super common. So if you find that you get like acne or a little psoriasis or rashes and stuff like that, it could be from Oh, uh, there's no So one of the things I when I said that right away I'll know in about 2 or 3 days the my psoriasis is the first thing to show me. Mm-hmm. Like I, if like right now I'm it's I, my diet's been pretty dialed in right now and uh my skin is the best it's ever been and I know that if I would have like a pizza, a burger day and then like another day of like sandwich or what that by day 3 like all instantly, and the, it starts me. I'll feel, I'll itch, and I won't, I won't, I don't even itch right now. When my skin is good, I have no irritation. I don't even itch. And I the other day, I noticed it. I really started to put this together by that because it takes a couple days of it to build up, and then for the psoriasis to really get bad, it, it, I don't notice it for like a week later. But what I, I, I now have been, I've now connected. Like, okay, if I have a big Togo sandwich and a pizza and maybe something else in a day. By this already by day the next day mm. I'm itchy. Mm. I'm not. I'm not. My my skin's not showing the flare up really bad. I'm not. My psoriasis doesn't look awful. My skin doesn't look awful. But all of a sudden I find myself picking at myself, itching. Mm. And then by day two and three, now I start to see it start to. Flare. There are other things in wheat that have inflammatory effects in a lot of people. There's wheat germ, agglutinin. There's amylase trypsin inhibitors. All of these can contribute uh, to gut problems. Also, gluten, your microbiome isn't so fond of it. So it's not necessarily beneficial for your gut microbiome. So when you add all these things up and you're eating flour, you know, wheat or you're eating bread or eating pasta in the presence of some gut inflammation, now you have a problem. And this is why when I coach people, first off, most people... Well, I'll have I'll notice some symptoms of gut inflammation. So most people, I tell them to remove bread, and then we'll slowly reintroduce it to see if there's a problem. And I tell you what, nine out of ten times, literally, there's that one person that doesn't have a problem. But ninety, you know, ninety percent will do better off without bread. Even if I replace the calories, even if the macros are the same, everything else is the same. That tends to be an issue. So gluten free and issues with gluten is not a it's not a fad. It's it's huge in the market for a reason. Uh, as our gut health gets worse and as our microbiomes become less and less diverse, you're going to see more problems, uh, especially as we continue to spray like glyphosates on everything. So here's my advice. Uh, if you are eating bread, go with organic. That'll, that'll reduce the amount of glyphosate exposure and go with sprouted wheat. Sprouted wheat is easier to digest on the body. Ezekiel bread it uses lots of sprouted grains. People tend to digest that a little bit better. For everybody else, I'd say Tastes like cardboard. I'd say avoid it. You know, not yeah. if you toast it. We we talked, I think, a little bit about no, this the other day. Nice. That, um, you know, what it tends to be like. This may not even be an issue for you. Like everybody is is so unique and different. In in my experience and the people that I continue to help with this, it's 
it almost always is something that you've you've abused for a long time. Like I was, some everything contains like flour or gluten in it. If it's processed, it has it in it usually. Right. So if you're somebody who is eating a lot of those foods and you have been for years, it could be something that. And so and the, of course, a majority of people are, and there's a lot, and we're autoimmune is on the rise. So this is where the demonization of it comes from, right? Because it's exploding. A lot of people are connecting that. That doesn't mean that nobody can ever have bread anymore. It just means this is something that you may want to look into. If there's, right. if you have any sort of gut issues, skin issues, and I mean, honestly- and gluten-free doesn't mean healthy. Right, <laughs> right, right. And even if you don't have those issues, to be aware of that. I wish I had the knowledge now. Because I mean, I used to eat ice cream every night because I could, because it didn't make me fat because I burned so many calories so I could get away with it. But I wish I would have had the sense to know that I could be setting myself up for gut issues in the future because I was abusing it that much because I was eating it that frequently. So if, if you're eating bread really frequently, even if you don't have issues now and maybe you're young, Look out because yeah. after doing and that, that's, for a, that's a good point. That's why rotating your food, it's one of the reasons why rotating, there's a lot of reasons, but that's one of the reasons why rotating your food is so important because if you do have any amount of gut inflammation, any amount of you know, uh, hyper uh, permeability of your gut or leaky gut syndrome, then if you're eating anything a lot of, you're increasing the risk that you'll develop a, uh, you know, immune bodies to it and you can cause yourself a problem. And this can happen with anybody. I've had people with food intolerances to like spinach. Mm. So it can happen with almost any food. Next question is from Jake JY. Strategies to combat seasonal affective disorder. Oh. What, the, what the fuck is that? Seasonal Sad. affective disorder. You guys never heard of seasonal affective disorder? So this is a real issue. And this is when- School me. So uh, during the winter months in particular, as it gets darker- Like you get more depressed. Yeah. And it's- Oh, and this it's, is common like in Alaska and- in, Well, very much more common, well, but it's dish. actually, it actually can happen anywhere, even in sunny areas where- It can, but it's really common in the, like most yeah. common in those areas, right? Yeah. Not nearly as common in like a place like Okay. Hawaii. Okay. Okay. Now, I and, didn't know that it was called something. Yes. It's called SAD. It's literally the, the, the acronym is SAD, <laughs> Seasonal Affective Disorder. Oh, no I shit. I did not. Yeah. There. So sci scientists aren't quite sure- Learn something new every day. What causes this- this in people, but there's a lot of uh, interesting speculation. Uh, one of which is you're just exposed to less sunlight. Um, mm -hmm. Sunlight, your circadian I'm rhythm sure runs off of it, of it, and vitamin D production. You know, it's funny. There's been some interesting studies now trying to figure out why certain viruses tend to emerge in the winter seasons. Like why. Does flu season even exist? Like, why is there a season? Like, right, why right. Colds why, why, why do we never get the flu in the summer or yeah. rarely ever? Right, right. And part of the part of the reason, and one of the more uh, one of the prevailing theories is that because we're getting less sun exposure, our vitamin D levels decline. And vitamin D, if you're in a deficiency or if you're slightly low in it, it will cause depressions in your immune system. Your immune mm -hmm. system will not function the way it, it should. Uh, you'll have an increased risk of autoimmune issues and it, and an increased I would think risk the, of infection. the endocrine system would have something to do with that also, with you not being able to control the hot cold, from the, the, the difference between that too, right? Well, I, that it has just, to have something to do with that. It, they think it has to do with the sunlight, you know, sunlight and vitamin D. So some of the things you can do to combat this include exercise, movement, which always makes you feel better, but also include getting more sunlight. And if you can't get a lot of sunlight, Explosion. if you're in one of those areas, then uh, take vitamin D. Vitamin D for people with seasonal affective disorder Vitamin D is a pretty effective strategy for some people. The other thing that you can do is light therapy. I was just going to ask gonna you, this is something where you would use the Jove, like the Jove right? Like yeah, I would totally Juve. use it for somebody who yeah, is- Yeah, Juve would be something you could use, or they have these full light spectrum lights that you can buy really cheap. 
that you are know. Are we still hooked up with them, Doug? Yeah, we still we still hook up with Juve. Yeah, what is is, is there a code? A, yeah, no. Do they get a discount? I don't. I thought that was just something we did. Yeah, I believe it's uh, juve.com. That's j o o v v dot com forward slash. There's mind no pump. H in there. No, no, no forward slash mind pump, and you get a discount. So, um, so light therapy can help uh, a tanning booth. Believe it or not, I was going to ask you about that. Yep. Yeah, because I mean, it just makes sense if you're if you're that deficient and you're you're not getting any sunlight at all. I mean, the artificial version of it is better than nothing. Dude, sometimes. if you have if you have seasonal affective disorder, and you go see your psychologist or whatever psychiatrist, and you don't want to take you know um, SSRI drugs or antidepressants, because sometimes they'll prescribe that stuff, which I don't recommend. But you know, the, again, I'm not a psychiatrist, so do whatever they tell you. But if if a lot of times people say, no, I don't want to take these powerful, you know, serotonin manipulating drugs, then what they'll tell them to do is to go tanning like a few times a week. And for a lot of people, it helps. Mm-hmm. It helps them because it gets their body to produce those feel good chemicals. So that's all a lot of a part of it. The other thing is this, it's hard to separate the physical from the psychological. It's very hard to do that because you could also have people that you test their vitamin D levels. They're normal. Right. Physically, everything they'll, is on point, yeah, but they'll they're go psychologically get, depressed. They'll go tanning and they still feel shitty. And it's like, why do I feel shitty around winter? Well, I'm going to speculate right now, but the holiday season tends to do one of two things in people. It's polarizing. Huh? Yes. Yeah. It's super polarizing. There's people that love the holiday season and it just makes them so happy and Thanksgiving and Christmas is here and it's cold and I can't wait to bundle up and be in front of the fire and have, you know hot cocoa and all that stuff. And then there's people who are like, I fucking hate the holiday season. I don't have a good family. It's expensive. I got to buy all these presents. I can't afford it. Yeah. Yeah, There's a lot of traffic at the, at the mall. It's super busy. You know, I got to do all these family functions. I don't like these people. This is me, bro. This is something that I've had to deal with Hmm. most of my adult life. And it took me until my mid twenties to get a hold of it. And, uh, it's crazy. You went this direction because this hits home for me because this took a lot of, uh, mental work for me, like and and just the my attitude towards it versus trying to physically overcome it, and it, it, mine's deeply rooted um, to growing up. Holidays were extra rough at my house. I had a everyone knows that I had a rougher childhood bringing right everyone, but I know everyone's dealt with something right. So I grew up uh, in the, the verbally, physically abusive kind of home where um, holiday seasons would come around. And being that we, mm. being that we didn't have a lot of money, it added extra stress. So we were my parents were always really fighting around the holidays. They fought year round, but around the holidays with you know kids and having five children and not having a lot of money, food and presents and all these things, it would cause all this stress. And then for many years. Um, when I would, you know, as a kid, I would get money from relatives for my birthday and my family would take the money to use to put food on the table. So imagine if I was trained this way as a young kid, now I become an adult and I don't have to have holidays if I don't want them. You know, I don't need, now I can do whatever I want on holidays and I get in a relationship and I've got a, a girl who just loves the holidays and celebrates it. This was something that was very, very tough for me to, sure. over, and something I still to this day have to work on and most of it isn't something physically it's mentally it's learning to association with it all right it's the association with it and i have to learn to let go of like you know these people aren't bad to me they're not going to take my money there is lots of joy there's lots of other things to be happy about one of the things and this might seem silly to somebody that i started i'm probably on my eighth or ninth year now maybe more maybe yeah we're gonna do it again this year 
Yeah, absolutely. So and I do it right after Thanksgiving. Um, I adopt a family uh, that I Christmas shop for. And because, and this, the, what, what started this for me that'll was- That'll give you some, that'll make you feel good. Well, here's sure. what, here's what I have. I have a hard time rece- receiving gifts. So anybody who knows me knows I'm the worst person. That's to, why I don't buy you anything. Right? Yeah. Don't, don't buy me anything. <laughs> and it's cause I've turned that emotion. No I've turned that emotion off. For many, many years, uh, you know, obviously if you're a kid and you ha- you're having all these tough times and holidays, what you eventually train that kid to do is become numb, is to become numb to that feeling of joy and excitement because I didn't get it. So then I decided I'm, I'm not bothered or excited anymore. So then you get in your older years and someone comes to me and gives me a gift and I'm like, oh, cool, thanks. And they're like, Jesus Christ, man, I spent a lot of time making that or I bought that. It was really expensive. And I just don't have that. I can't express that. And you guys know how real I am. I can't fake it either. So I would just tell people, like, don't get me any gifts. So when I started to do the adopting a family, it really changed a lot for me to be able to give to people for their for the holidays. And so this was something during the, these times that really helped me. It takes it. It's not about me anymore. It's not about what I like. I don't like my own fucking bullshit issues I'm dealing with since I was a kid. And now it's about this family and a family that and it makes me feel good because I, there's always people out there that struggled more than you did. And when I see this, it makes me feel like my life wasn't that hard. I'm not. It wasn't that bad. You know, so what? I didn't get all these things for holidays. So what? I grew up in an abusive home. My dad died, whatever, like somebody out there that had it 10 times worse than I did. And it really puts that in perspective when I, I go out there and I do these things for family. So the psychological part is the game, right? That's the game. The game is to be able to break through mentally first before you start addressing, I think, all these physical things. Excellent. Next question is from Meg Eisler. Is there anything I can do to prevent my metabolism from slowing down from doing more endurance training for a 25K? Can I counter it by doing less Metcons slash CrossFit and just lift heavy? Yeah. Depends. Depends on how well you want to do with your 25K. Yeah. If you want to do really well with your 25K, well, strength training is going to help you regardless. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, part of what's going to make you better at running your race is that slowing down of the metabolism, is that becoming more efficient with calories. Part of the reason why you're adapting like that in the first place is because your body's trying to get better at what you're throwing at it, which is endurance running. Now, I can tell you what'll make it worse. What'll make your metabolism slow down more is by restricting calories and by working out on top of your endurance training in ways that mimic endurance training. In other words, lots of circuits, lots of which would be high met, intensity met, workouts. Which would be Metcons. Yeah, right. No, not, not the right type of training. Horrible combination is Metcons and endurance running. You're, it's a lot. It's a lot on your body all the time. Yeah. What I would focus on if I were you, if you're doing your endurance training properly, by the way, then you should be getting all the endurance that you need from it. I would combine it with some traditional strength training just for good stability and strength. And honestly, more of my time would be spent on stability and mobility training Dude, to prevent injury two, and improve two days, movement. Two days, this is, my, this is my prescription for this person. Two days a week, I'm running MAPS RED phase one. Two days a week, I'm running maps phase one of red and really heavily focused on strength. I'm giving myself as long, if not longer, rest periods than what it calls for. And then the other three to five mobility days sessions in is, is mobility before I go on my runs. So that's literally what I would do. Two days a week, I'm getting my heavy strength lifting with long rest periods. However many days that you're running to train for your marathon, I'm still doing that because that's my goal at the time. And then I'm including 
mobility prime type of movements before I go on my run. That right there to me is a incredible prescription to do well on your marathon, to minimize the damage to your to, to your metabolism, build some good strength, and then also be able to take care of your body by doing all the prime type movements and mobility stuff. Exactly. At that point strengthen now- Strengthen your posterior chain. Yes. Strengthen the Big posterior time, chain. You're, just you're, over, over, you're going to get that in MAPS Red Phase 1. Doing, yeah, MAPS yeah, Red Phase 1 is chain. maybe one of the best things you can do for the, for the, yeah. the posterior just chain. Just make sure because that keeps everything, you know, in check and in balance because, um, you know, you don't want to overextend yourself always like operating in the anterior chain. Yeah. And I want to, I want people to understand like, okay, if your metabolism is slowing down because you have, you know, HPA, T-axis dysfunction or because your health is off or because you're overtrained, like that's not a good thing. If your metabolism is becoming more efficient and you're, cause you're training right and you're trying to build more endurance and so your body's trying to become more efficient. That's not a bad thing. It's not yeah. a bad thing to have a slower metabolism. Now, it may be a bad thing in the context of modern life because modern life means that you're exposed to food all the time and you're probably sedentary when you're not training for a race. So if you have a slow metabolism, now the the problems can arise where you gain body fat and have problems. Well, now you're just talking about performance and performance yeah. stretches you outside of like what you would term like everyday healthy practices. Sometimes. Exactly. And think about it this way. Like if I'm, you know, if, I, if we'll go extreme, let's say I want to run a hundred mile race, which is nowhere near the distance you're trying to race. But let's just say I want to run a hundred mile race. It would not benefit me to go into that race with the super high fast metabolism where I need to consume you know, 6,000 calories at rest uh, on top of my one, you know, the calories I'm burning while I'm running. I'm screwed. I'm literally going to have to eat cheeseburgers and pizzas while I'm running this, you know, 100 mile race. In that particular situation, I would love a very efficient body where I don't burn lots of calories and I don't burn lots of calories while moving. So now I can run this 100 miles and I don't need to consume tons of food and I can just keep going and going and going because it's like I'm, I'm a Prius. You know what I'm saying? I'm this hybrid machine or whatever. That's it. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> so high performance. I'm so buying you a I'm pink a Prius. Prius. Oh, yeah. You owe me a car. It, it that, is that coming, time. bro. It is, is that the car you're going to get? Uh, no, a Prius is too cool. I feel like I'm going to get... What's the What's the other one that's really, really small? Runs on... No. Mini? No, not the Mini. That's cool, too. Farts. What's the... Fiat? Yeah, like a little Fiat, dude. Like a pink Fiat. Oh, that's cool. It Don't is. make it pink, though. Just so everybody knows, you, Mind Pump, will, you guys will know when we officially made it because I lost a, I lost a bet to Sal. He made the most incredible shot ever, and I said, I will oh buy God. you a car we got that if you camera, make the shot. I am a man no, of my word. No. Oh. I was literally across the gym. We have this little tiny hoop yeah. that we put on the door of the closet, the kind that you had when you were a kid that you would throw your laundry in or whatever, way in the corner. I'm across the gym. I got this plastic basketball that's Almost too big for the hoop. It's very yeah. difficult to yeah, get yeah, in. Yeah, no, it has to be a perfect shot. And, you know, these guys make fun of my athletic ability all the time. And admittedly so, I'm not the most athletic. However, uh, I have- really good at carnival tricks. I have the ability- <laughs> Through sheer- He's amazing. Through sheer sheer superior intellect, I can- You mentally I did all the calculations, <laughs> and I mentally willed myself to become an athlete. Telepathy. And, we like, made it, and I made a deal. I said, hey, when Mind Pump is at X amount of dollars, we I will buy you a car if you can make this shot. It was, son it, of a bitch. It was fucking it luck, dude. And you made it. It, it was, was the most it. lucky moment. I wish I said something like a million bucks or something crazy. 
uh, I wouldn't agree to that. I, it had to be a fair bet. Like yeah, I'd, sure. I'm like, hey, listen, when we're at a certain point, I have that kind of money where we can throw that away. Then I will absolutely buy you a car. But you better believe he's getting. <laughs> you know, it's fucking... funny. I'll probably drive it. And never, I know you will. It'll it. be great. That'd It'll be, be awesome. so great. Sal will be like, dude, I, I was gonna get a new Jetta. I love this. I don't even have to get a new Jetta now. I just drive my pink Fiat. So check convenient. Yeah. <laughs> you can park anywhere. Anyway, check it out. If you go to YouTube, go to Mind Pump TV. If you like the all the stuff that we provide you on the podcast, all the fitness information, all the value. Our YouTube channel is all different. It's all different, all new information, separate from the podcast. So you can get way more fitness information. It's 365 videos a year, and it's all categorized. So if you want leg exercises, butt exercises, core exercises, chest exercises, if you want circuit training, you want cardio, you want fat loss, muscle building, whatever, it's all there. All of it is there. We've already been on uh, on that channel for a long time. So go to Mind Pump TV subscribe to that channel. Also, if you go to mindpumpmedia.com, we have something called 30 Days of Coaching. It's free and it's for everybody. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.